0: Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 697 for release on Sunday, July 3rd, 2022. Happy Independence Day to our listeners in the United States tomorrow, July 4th. On the program today, we return to the early radio scene in the Canadian province of Manitoba. A new movie in Chile is out about shortwave broadcasts to and from that country in the 1970s and 1980s. And our Japan DX report from Yukiko Tsuji. During the year 1922, there were two medium-wave radio broadcasting stations on the air in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and both were vying for the attention of the most listeners over the widest possible areas of Manitoba and neighboring Canadian and American territories. These stations were CJCG, operated by the Free Press, and CJNC, operated by the Tribune and both were losing money. Ray Robinson has their story.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Yes, because they were losing money, both stations were quietly closed after just less than a year of on-air operation, with the final broadcast from the Tribune CJNC on Friday afternoon, March the 9th, 1923, and the final broadcast from Free Press CJCG the next day, Saturday the 10th of March at 12 noon. However, the death of these stations gave rise to the birth of one of Canada's most notable call signs, and also to the highest FM power ever permitted in North America. Replacing the CJNC and CJCG call signs was a new medium wave station, with the unusual, though now well-known historical call sign, the three-letter CKY, the first use of this new call. The station was installed in the Government Telephone Building on Sherbrooke Street, a little south of Portage Avenue, with a flat-top antenna on the roof. Their 500-watt transmitter was manufactured by Northern Electric, and their inaugural broadcast was a local staff presentation at 8.30pm on Tuesday, March 13th, 1923, just a few days after the closure of the two earlier stations. Interestingly, during the following year, 1924, came the appearance of Canada's first phantom radio broadcasting station, an additional call sign superimposed upon an already existing station. The new additional call was CNRW, operated by the Canadian National Railway System, and it was noted over the new CKY in Winnipeg. The income from the phantom broadcasts over the new CNRW CKY enabled the Winnipeg station to survive financially. In 1948, the original CKY was purchased by CRBC CBC Radio in Canada and was rebranded as CBW. And earlier this year, the original CKY CBW with 50kW on 990kHz was honoured with a special historic display in the city library and with a series of programmes and interviews over the modern and nowadays widely heard CBW. The second usage of the famous historic call sign cky was implemented on december thirty first nineteen forty nine when Lloyd Moffat reintroduced the call sign in Winnipeg for an am station with five kilowatts on five eighty kilohertz. And then in 1963, an FM outlet was appended to the CKY medium wave station, and this new transmitter was on the air with over a third of a million watts, 360 kilowatts, on 92.1 FM. And that FM power level is by far the highest ever permitted on the FM band in North America, although FM transmitters of 200 to 400 kilowatts are still quite common in Western Europe. During 2004, CKY-FM moved to 102.3 FM and the power level was reduced to 70 kW, still fairly high. And then two years ago, the call sign CKY was dropped and the station became KISS-FM. Their studios are in Osborne Village South in Winnipeg and their transmitter is at Duff Roblin Provincial Park. And that then is the story of 100 years of historic radio broadcasting in Winnipeg, Manitoba, an event that was honoured appropriately throughout their city earlier this year. Back to you, Jeff.
0: Thank you, Ray Robinson, at KVOH in Los Angeles. Well, it may seem ironic, but not too many years ago, Radio Moscow, now morphed into Radio Sputnik, actually supported a democratically elected government that was overthrown in a coup d'etat. From Walter Aguirre's World of Shortwave Listening column in the July issue of the Spectrum Monitor, online monthly magazine, we found a very interesting item about a program called Escucha Chile, which a lot of longtime shortwave listeners may remember hearing via Radio Moscow back in the 1970s and 80s. Here is that item by Valter, along with some historical audio excerpts we found on the Internet. On March 17th of this year, movie theaters in Chile saw the premiere for the general public of the documentary film Mosca, telling the story of shortwave broadcasts from Moscow to Chile, back in the Pinochet era in the South American country. On September 11th, 1973, Chile suffered a coup d'etat by the military forces. General Augusto Pinochet took power from the elected socialist president, Salvador Allende, and led the country until 1990. It was a time of great repression, forcing many opponents of the new regime to leave the country. At the time of the coup, the Chilean radio stations were divided into supporting the elected president or the military forces, and the Chilean Communist Party had a radio station of its own, supporting Salvador Allende. It was called Radio Maguillanes. The military forces put down the opposition stations one by one until Radio Maguillanes remained the last one still on the air. It broadcast the final speech by President Allende minutes before the government's Palacio de la Moneda in Santiago was attacked by the military.
2: The President of the Republic. From the Palacio de la Moneda ...informaciones confirmadas señalan que un sector, de la marinería, habría aislado Valparaíso.
0: Radio Maguillanes was knocked off the air, and moments later, Allende was dead. Pinochet was in power... And Radio Magallanes was silenced for good. Or not exactly. Shortly after the coup d'etat and the closure of the Chilean station, Radio Moscow's Spanish service started two daily shortwave broadcasts specifically intended for Chile. One of them was called Escucha Chile, or Listen Chile in Spanish. And the other one had the name of the then-silenced Chilean station Radio Magallanes. These broadcasts were produced and presented by Chilean staff who had fled the country after the military coup and remained on the air until 1990 when Pinochet left power shortly before the fall of the Soviet Union itself. In Chile, the shortwave broadcasts from Moscow could only be listened to, of course, in secret. Mosca, which sounds almost like Moscow, but in Spanish means fly, the insect, was the clue used by the opponents of Pinochet's regime to designate those broadcasts. This is the name of the movie, now telling those important memories for the history of Chile and of international broadcasting. In the movie, written and produced by Christian Elwin and Martin Nunez, two old opponents of the military regime meet and exchange memories. One of them is Marcel Garcés, who served as a clandestine correspondent in Chile for the Soviet broadcasts. He provided local news for the programs and risking his life to do so as we can imagine. The other activist is Dante Milgarejo who received and recorded the shortwave broadcasts from Moscow to Chile during his exile in Europe. Over the years he kept quite a collection of those recordings on tapes which were finally donated to the Library of Congress in Chile and are now digitalized. We're going to play now a few of those recordings, some of which you might remember hearing. Here's the open of one of the Radio Magallanes transmissions from Radio Moscow and a few other announcements from Magallanes and Escucha Chile.
2: I didn't. Dirección. Programa Escucha Chile y o Radio Magallanes, Radio Moscú Internacional, Moscú, Unión Soviética. Yo que me encuentro tan lejos, esperando una noticia,
3: me vino a decir la carta que mi patria no hay justicia, los no abrimos piden pan, la moneda,
2: la mili- Chile. Escucha Chile en Radio Moscú diariamente de 4 a 5 de la tarde, hora de Chile, por bandas de 22, 25, 31, 41 y 49 metros, y por onda media en 216 y 227 metros. Y desde las 10 de la noche. Nuestro segundo bloque informativo integrado por Radio Materiales y Escucha Chile, que hasta las de la noche, hora de Chile, por rámpago de 25, 31 y 41 metros. Y hasta aquí las noticias. Y así finaliza el programa Escucha Chile de Radio Moscú. Radio Magallanes es la emisora chilena desde la cual el presidente Allende entregó a nuestro pueblo su último mensaje de fe y esperanza en la victoria de la patria y de sus trabajadores. Para reiterarla, Radio Magallanes difunde sus emisiones en dos horarios, a las seis de la mañana y a las diez de la noche, hora de Chile. Hasta la próxima, queridos compatriotas.
0: The closing of one of the broadcasts of Radio Magiganis. The movie Mosca has now reached the Chilean movie theater screens for the general public, and we await the news as to when it will be available for the international audience. Here's an excerpt from the movie trailer. Empezó a transmitir la radio Moscú con
2: programas especiales dirigidos a Chile para denunciar todo lo que está pasando. Atroces, penurias, porque el fascismo no perdona. Nada. Nosotros escribimos en el éter la historia de la resistencia a la dictadura.
0: Walter Aguirre's item came from the July issue of the Spectrum Monitor. A monthly online magazine about all aspects of radio listening, including shortwave. For a sample copy or subscription information, go to thespectrummonitor.com. That's thespectrummonitor altogether.com. One of the Chileans who worked on the Chilean exile programs at Radio Moscow was Patricio Cortes, better known by his radio name, Pancho Rodriguez. Long after Escucha Chile and Radio Maguillanes ceased to exist, Pancho hosted a popular Spanish-language DX program on Radio Moscow called Frecuencia R.M.
2: Frecuencia R.M. Un programa de diezismo y telecomunicaciones. Hola, que tal amigos. Le saluda muy cordialmente Francisco Rodríguez. Y me acompaña allí al otro lado del vídeo Vladimir Yakushchenko, nuestro director artístico.
0: I had a chance to meet Pancho when my wife and I visited Moscow briefly in 2004, and he gave us a fascinating tour of the Kremlin. He accompanied me on a visit to Lenin's Tomb while my wife waited at a nearby McDonald's with our telephones because they didn't permit any type of camera in the mausoleum. Sadly, Pancho passed away four years later in 2008. By the way, after General Pinochet took over Chile in 1973, his government bought and installed six 100-kilowatt shortwave transmitters and started an international service called the voice of Chile, La Voz de Chile.
2: Desde Santiago de Chile, comienza la transmisión de La Voz de Chile en español. En las bandas de 16, 19, 25, 31 y 49 metros. 25, 31, and meter band.
0: The Voice of Chile broadcast in English, Spanish, Italian, German, Arabic, and Russian. The Russian service was a clear response to the programming of Radio Moscow's Escucha Chile and Radio Magallanes. The Voice of Chile operated from 1974 for several years one of the department heads said they regularly received 2,000 to 3,000 letters per month from shortwave listeners. Eventually, that transmitting facility was purchased by the Christian Vision Organization, based in the UK, and they closed it down in 2012. Walter Aguiar also tells us that another country in South America which started an international shortwave service after a coup d'etat, was Suriname. Radio Suriname International started broadcasting in 1984 using a powerful 250-kilowatt shortwave transmitter rented from Radio Bras, now EBC, in Brasilia. Radio Suriname International's 10-minute newscast in the Dutch language, broadcast on weekdays only, was targeted at Europe. And specifically intended for the Surinamese audience in the Netherlands. It was an attempt to fight against the news coverage of Surinamese events by the Dutch media, judged as prejudicial by the authorities in charge in Paramaribo. The use of Radio Brasa's antennas made it a good catch on shortwave, and the station had a QSL card of its own. But Radio Suriname International ceased broadcasting exactly 30 years ago. In 1992, and finally on WaveScan today, let's go to Japan. Here's Yukiko Tsuji.
3: Hello and welcome to the DX report of the month from Japan Shoto Club, edited by Toshi Otake, and I'm Yukiko Tsuji. We have several DX reports from our club members this week. Long Gao Shen 4 via Tamsi Taiwan was heard on 11925 kHz on June 3rd. From 1140 to the sign off at 1200 UTC in Chinese. SIO rating was 554. Talk and hymn programs were on the air. Their website was announced at 1157. This is a new religious radio station in Chinese. Vatican radio via Tinan, Philippines, was heard on 9595 kHz on June 3rd from 1440 to 1500 UTC. SIO rating was 554. Talk program in Hindi was broadcast until 1449, followed by the interval signal. ID, talk program, and hymn in Tamil were broadcast. Sri Lanka Broadcasting Corporation was heard on 11750 kHz on May 27th from 1630 To 1650 UTC in Sinhala, SIO rating was 343. Talk program by a male and female announcer was aired. Four name program started at 1646. ID was given at 1644. Radio Thailand was received on 9920 kHz on June 3rd from 1830 to 1930 UTC in English. SI rating was a 3.53. National News was aired, followed by Business News at 18.46, APEC Briefing at 18.55, International News at 19.01, International Business News at 19.13, and Special Report at 19.23. BBC World Service via Oman was heard on 15400 kHz on June 2nd from 1158 with interval signal to the sign-off at 1300 UTC in English. SIR rating was 454, while the news was broadcast, followed by newsroom at 1206, news at 1230, and the assignment at 1232. Deutsche Welle via Davaya UAE, was heard on 15230 kHz on June 10th from 1440 to the sign-off at 1500 UTC in Pashto. SIO rating was 554. Talk program was on the air. ID was given at 1448. Radio Liberty via Kuwait was received on 11790 kHz on June 10th from 1625 to to the sign-off at 1700 UTC in Uzbek. SIO rating was 554. Talk program was aired. ID was given at 1632. Voice of the Islamic Republic of Iran was heard on 11865 kHz on June 4th, from 1550 to the sign-off at 1625 UTC in English. SIO rating was 353. Koran and talk program about humanity were broadcast. Adventist World Radio now in Germany was heard on 15670 kHz on May 30th from 1534 to the sign-off at 1600 UTC in English. SIO rating was 353. Talk and hymn programs were aired. ID was given at 1540. Radio Voz Missionaria Cambriu, Brazil, was received on 9667 kHz on May 29th from 09.30 to 09.50 UTC in Portuguese. SI rating was 3.33. Brazilian music medley was played until zero nine hundred forty five. Jingle and ID were heard at 09.46. Finally, Japan Shortwave Club will issue the QSL cards for the correct reports on our segment of the program. We are issuing QSL card by email to the report sent by email. Our address for your email report is JSWCQSL@live.jp. I repeat, JSWCQSL@live.jp. We continue to issue the printed QSL card by the same system as before. Your report should be addressed to JSWC PO Box 44 Kamakura, which is KAMAKURA, postal code 248 8691, Japan. 1 ILC or 2 US dollars for return postage will be appreciated. For this edition of DX Report, we we'll would like to thank Mr. Yoshiaki Hayashi. Mr. Iwao Nagatani, Mr. Chiaki Shimada, and Mr. Kazuaki Oikawa for sharing the information with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us for our next edition of DX Report of Japan Showtime Club. I'm Yukiko Tsuji in Tokyo.
0: Thank you, Yukiko. We end today's program with a song by the Chilean folk music group, Kilapayun, called Igual Kitu, which means the same as you. It's a song about Radio Moscow, Radio Moscow, recorded in 1976, which is rather ironic if you listen to it today. The lyrics say When there's no station left that tells the truth, there's a solution you will see. The same as you, I also listen to Radio Moscow.
2: Igual igual, igual que tú, igual, igual que tú. Yo también escucho
0: Radio Igual Thanks for listening to Wavescan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week on Wavescan, Lighthouse Radio in Australia and our Philippine DX report. Several QSL cards are available for this program. Send your AWR and KSDA reports for scan, to the AWR address in Thailand and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry scan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio. P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok 10110, one, one, Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence to WaveScan is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week. Good listening everyone. ( 어쨌든)
2: Igual que tú, igual, igual que tú, igual, igual que tú, yo también, Radio Moscú. Nunca podrán aplastar las ansias de libertad, no podrán interceptar la radio de la verdad. Nunca podrán detener al pueblo trabajador, ni con patrañas, ni balas, ni terror. Igual que tú, igual, igual que tú, igual, igual que tú, yo también escucho Radio Moscú. Igual que tú, igual, igual que tú, igual. Igual que tuyo también, Radio Moscú.
0: La primera de Chile. Radio Moscú.